Welcome to All Things Alt Tech, where we talk about the emerging digital ecosystem and how the online world is changing by the week. If you want to hear about next generation platforms and browsers, get the latest on privacy and online free speech issues, or just general banter on the creepy online media industry, this one's for you. If you want to support the podcast, visit nyman.media slash podcast. That's N-Y-M-A-N dot media slash podcast. If you want to ask a question or submit a story, email me at podcast at nyman.media. Welcome to the podcast. Today is November 20th, 2019, and today we're going to talk about deplatforming and narrative control on social media. Because, well, first of all, YouTube has a new policy regarding termination of accounts. And the key point is basically that YouTube can now terminate your access if they believe, in their sole discretion, that the provision of their service to you is no longer commercially viable. So, in other words, if YouTube thinks that your budding new channel doesn't have legs, they can cut you off entirely, basically. Now, if they apply the policy, or I should say, when they do, this policy is going to make YouTube a lot of enemies. Uh, and I think YouTube, I mean, they have forgotten who actually built the platform and the spirit and the vision that it was built upon being before Google bought it, that is. So the inspiration for YouTube first came from, it actually first came from the Janet Jackson Super Bowl incident back in 2004. You know, when her breast popped out during her performance? Well, basically, the founder noticed that you couldn't really easily find video clips of this online, and that's basically what led to the whole idea of the video sharing site. So it was in large part a, a way to find kind of obscure and edgy content online, and to some degree also to circumvent the existing media machinery, I guess. Now, YouTube has lost a lot of that original essence, as it were, you know, the original essence being giving everyone their own voice and content being freely available in a simple, you know, free speech manner. So it really used to be YouTube, not CNN tube, not MSNBC tube. It was YouTube. Today, it's becoming much more like a regular legacy old school TV, but online. It's, you know, curated, airbrushed, streamlined content that's safe and palatable for the generic masses. Now, I've mentioned this before, but the whole corporate TV online direction, it shows just such a lack of vision on the part of YouTube. And the management over at YouTube, I mean, they don't seem to realize this growing discontent either. Case in point, do you remember the YouTube Rewind video last year? You know, it's this annual recap of memorable, memorable moments and viral videos in the year past. So the latest one was called Everyone Controls Rewind, which on the face of it kind of sticks true to the original YouTube vision, if you ask me. Only the problem was it contained none of the real YouTubers or organic, you know, real videos. It was all this, you know, bland, virtual signaling, agenda-driven, liberal, feel-good fluff. And it was presented by Will Smith. I mean, Will Smith is not a YouTuber. So, yay, let's make it all about diversity, LGBTQ, XYZ, etc. And it was all this scripted and produced fluff that had nothing to do with real YouTubers. So, if you don't think YouTube management is, are at least a little bit disconnected, I mean, consider this. 
This is the most disliked video in YouTube's history. 16 million dislikes. Wow. Anyway, getting back to the policies at hand that I opened with here, YouTube can obviously also demonetize videos, which we all know too well. And they can basically do this as, as they see fit. I mean, let's be honest here. Anyway, when these two policies are combined, you know, they can terminate non-commercially viable channels and they can demonetize videos. I mean, these two policies combined are basically an effective way to shut down channels that Google simply doesn't like. They don't like your message, you're demonetized. You don't make enough money, you're off the platform. You see? So if you're a new content creator in particular, and you think you may end up in this boat, you really need to diversify. Now, I have mentioned BitChute in the past, and that's an obvious place to go. Now, granted, some of these new alt-tech contenders are very small still, but that's also precisely why you need to contribute to them as a creator. We have to also talk about Facebook in the same context here as well. I mean, Facebook has not been as keen on outright deplatforming as of late, but they are certainly on the censorship bandwagon and the narrative control bandwagon. So Facebook announced only last year that it was working closely with the neoconservative think tank, namely the Atlantic Council. I mean, it's an organization which is largely founded by Saudi Arabia, Israel, and a few other weapons manufacturers out there to kind of fight what they call fake news. Man, I'm so tired of that word. Anyway, the Atlantic Council. So it's the board of directors include people like, well, let's see, Henry Kissinger. You remember the guy who devised Richard Nixon's madman strategy to bomb Cambodia? And it gets better. On the board is also other Bush-era people like Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell. You know, the guy who testified that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction? And also the author of the Patriot Act. So basically, what could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong when these people get to influence what 2 billion people will see in their Facebook newsfeed? So when an organization like the Atlantic Council is controlling the information flow of basically the largest social media platform in the world, congratulations, you have authoritarian censorship on a global level. Now, if you haven't already, I mean, if you're a consumer or a business, you really need to diversify beyond Facebook. Now, I have mentioned Minds.com before as a contender. And one thing that I really discovered only recently was that Facebook now blocks messages containing Minds.com. Not posts, not shares. Well, I'm sure they do that too. But if you just do something as simple as send your friend a message mentioning Minds.com, uh, Facebook will basically intervene with a message stating, we recommend you do not send that message. I mean, this is an outrage. And besides, I mean, you could ask, what does Facebook even have to do with the contents of your messages that you're sending to your friends in the first place? I mean, can you imagine if you were having a conversation on your phone and all of a sudden an operator jumped in and said, actually, we don't recommend you say what you're about to say. I mean, it is totally Orwellian and it's already here. Let's bring Twitter into the mix as well for good measure. Because only recently Twitter decided to ban Daniel McAdams. Now, if you don't know who this guy is, he is basically a director of, um, of the Ron Paul Institute. And what he did was he was supposedly, the reason why he was banned was he was calling Sean Hannity, the talk show host, uh, a retard. 
Now, obviously, that's not a very nice thing to say, is it? But let's be honest here. I mean, the word is used all the time by other people. But somehow, that word alone was enough to get McAdams kicked off the Twitter platform. Now, it's obvious that the rules are applied very arbitrarily. In other words, when it's convenient for the wokesters over at Twitter. Now, taking a bit of a step back here, why in the world does using a certain word mean that you should be silenced and lose your entire voice, though? I mean, we should be very careful not to start accepting this nonsense as the norm. So let's not allow this Orwellianism to become normalized. Please and thank you. Um, on a, a bit of a side note here, I noticed just now that an email provider I've been using was, um, was blocking messages I was saying. They was blocking my emails when they contained the word Bitcoin. Now, this is also also disconcerting to say the least. So you can see that this narrative control, the censorship stretches also way, way, way past just the social networks. It's, it's also made its way into email providers. You might want to have a look at yours as well. See what hap make a few uh, make a few experiments and see what happens if you can find find similar instances. It would be interesting to hear about. Anyway, we can see where all this is going, and and basically, if you're on the wrong side of any issue, you could raise the ire of the wokester police, and you could be in danger of being deplatformed. Now, so far, this is only affecting people and pages with larger followings, but this could change. I mean, I mentioned at the very top um, how YouTube is changing their, their policies, and those policies will obviously affect smaller channels as well. So I think what will happen going forward is, well, it's largely up to the regulators, and to some degree, actually to a large degree, it's up to the outcome of the 2020 election in the U.S., now, the reason why I say this is because there are contenders such as Liz Warren, who has spoken up, up um, against big tech. So she wants to break up big tech. I don't know how that would work, but that's what she's talking about. But she's no outspoken free speech advocate. And let's face it, she doesn't quite get tech. Let's be honest here. Trump, on the other hand, he has a real beef with Google, and actually rightly so. Whatever you might think of him as a president, he is right about uh, Google being a real danger to, to free speech and to uh, corrupting the information flow in society. It's a grandiose statement, but that is really true. He's also right that no company has the right to use their monopoly position to control the narrative, like I said, and to censor as they see fit. And that is exactly what they're doing. I mean, we talk about election interference as well, but you really need to no look no further than big tech for this. Now, I'm not convinced that any political contender can make an impact on this current tech stranglehold. And that's why really it starts with you, the consumer and the content creator, the small business, whoever you might be, the platform participant. It's up to you to choose where you go and to make sound choices. There are alternatives out there. There are alternatives to Facebook. There are alternatives to Twitter. Um, and there are, are alternative email providers even that you can use that, that don't try to control the narrative. So what we're seeing play out in the tech space right now, it is all about control, like I said. It is about controlling, well, whatever narrative that the corporate executives happen to agree with. So think long and hard about which platforms you want to make use of. And think long and even harder about which ones you are dependent on, especially as a business. 
Now, one of the few things that you can do is to diversify and to basically vote with your feet or with your thumbs, as it were. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll see you out there in the alt tech space. Over and out. <laughs>